tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Bent Waters UFO, Dungeons and Dragons, and ID Swap. I'm your co-host Crystal, and I'm your other co-host Robert, and this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast, season four, episode one of the actual series Unsolved Mysteries. Right, and episode fifty-two for us. We were just before we started recording. Yeah, um, you were in stunned disbelief right before we started this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you if you add up the amount of time that is just in content, right? That's like at least sixty hours. Oh yes, of that's us good. talking at least, not including like mini sets and stuff like that and the Patreon stuff. So right, it's like it's a lot. It it's a lot of us. It is. Um, <laughs> I I hope you're not feeling like you've squandered. A couple of days worth of your life doing this. Oh no, no! I wouldn't so much rather be doing this than so many other things that I have to do. <laughs> so, well, that's one way of looking uh, at it. Yeah, I kind of just, in my mind, it's this is basically, you know, instead of us just having a phone conversation, this is just right. a phone conversation, except we're recording it and putting it on the internet. <laughs> right. I, it's, it's, it is. And it's also, but for phone conversations, you don't really have to do homework. Like I've watched this episode of Unsolved Mysteries that we're about to talk about three times. Yes. Which I normally don't do, but I just, there was a lot there and I wanted to make sure I was getting like the full experience. Okay. And also I get distracted a lot and I happen to look at my phone sometimes ah, yes, uh, yes. because I get bored sometimes with the episode um robbie do you ever find yourself just zoning out a little bit on these well actually ironically with this one i was kind of halfway through i was sort of pausing it at times and then just surfing the internet Mm -hmm. um i suppose sometimes yes they kind of it kind of feels like you're marathoning your way through it and Mm-hmm. You you make it through the first or second segments okay, but then it just starts to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of wear on, yeah, today's your birthday, yeah. Thank you, thank you, all dear friends, for coming to my birthday. A uh, happy birthday! Oh, thank you. Yes, <clears throat> I actually <laughs> even woke up today not even really thinking or cognizant of the fact that it was my birthday. Um, do you have any do you have any big plans today other than this, obviously? This is my big big plan. Um well, not really. I guess I'll just sort of continue unpacking and trying to get rid of stuff I don't want or need. And uh, I guess really the more birthday-related stuff is tomorrow, uh, my friends, the Coopers, have Mm -hmm. 
obtained tickets to take me to go see a live performance of Mystery Science Theater 3000 in Reno. Oh, wow. Yes. Was, <clears throat> That's really fun. Yeah, it was, it was mighty, mighty thoughtful of them. I mean... It, 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 you know, and it's not even really so much the particular thing we're doing that means anything to me. I just, mm-hmm. the idea that someone wants to take me somewhere or do something for my birthday in of itself is what really, what I really enjoy. I, oh, for sure. Assu- assuming that yeah. there's like a free meal coming along with this. <laughs> like, I, I'm hoping we're stopping somewhere and eating before or after. Uh, otherwise, right. then they, they can just go to hell. Um. <laughs> uh, that's that's excellent. You know, uh, it, I'm re- well, I'm really glad you're doing that. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned because like when right before recording this episode, you're like, is there anything you want to talk about today? And uh, I just sort of paused for a minute and couldn't think of anything exceptional about today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I have some loose plans after we're done to go to Universal Studios, the theme park after this. Really? But yeah, and I say loose because it's kind of raining today, so that might not mm. manifest. Uh, but it's pretty cool because, uh, well, I went with my significant other and his family over uh, on New Year's Eve day, and we it ended up being like more cost effective for whatever reason to buy annual passes for us than just for like the holiday that day pass. Okay. So now I have an annual pass. To Universal Studios, oh, so I'm cool. trying. We're trying to find ways to like go, but there's a bunch of blackout dates too. So we we'll just try and find our like random weekend day to go. And um, you know, we the last when we went with his folks who were older and and they were with their uh, their good friends. We just kind of spent a lot of time like waiting for someone to come out of the bathroom. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> uh, oh god! Like we were spent like th- three hours like in the Hogwarts, like Harry Potter land area. I swear we were just waiting for someone, one person, including me to like, just come out of the restroom. Um, <laughs> Professor buy their ice cream comes or along. Whatever. Why are all of you loitering in the hall? <laughs> because um, because ma- ma- mom is, is, is in the bathroom and we're still waiting for it. Yeah. It's out. just, we did, we just did like, didn't time it very well. So like two of us would have to go and then the other four would have to wait and then two more would have to go. And then the other four would have to wait. We just, we weren't like synced up with going pee. You know, so they, we just spent like, well, yeah, well, you know, the perils of going to any sort of like, whether it's an amusement park or I don't know, maybe a big convention or something or ever mm-hmm. where you're, yeah. you're, you're traveling as a group is, mm-hmm. is always going to make things highly inefficient. Um, right. I mean, I, I guess this sounds sad in a way. I'd prefer to go to Universal Studios alone so I can just go where I want to see things and not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And you can get on the rides faster, too, because there's, like, separate lines for single riders. Oh. So if you don't have a party to go, you can just go, uh, like, to basically to the front of the line. Because they're filling in small gaps. Mm-hmm. Yes. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense to go to a theme park alone, or at least I feel like we missed a lot of the park. There's, like, a whole Simpsons area we didn't really spend any time in. There's, like, a Jurassic Park area we spent a little bit of time in. But at that point, like, I was so done and tired that I just sat down with, like, like a pina colada and quit the day mm-hmm. um there's like a transformers ride so we're gonna we're gonna try and i mean if we go and not get rained out we're gonna try and like hit up uh hit up the sections that we okay missed before so uh we stretch that opening up a little bit do you want to talk about <laughs> season four episode one of unsolved histories i do I I may have undersold what I'm about to say now because okay. this is actually I was really excited when I started this episode up to watch it in preparation uh-huh. for this episode. Right. Uh remember at one point we were talking about doing just a mini episode where we talked about our favorite segments, but mm-hmm. uh I think we ended up running the situation where we couldn't do that episode because we both fixated on Kelsey house as being our favorite. And then there was also, right. and it was mm-hmm. simultaneously also the next, it was going to be in the next episode that was coming up or something. Right. Okay. Well, if you ask me what my second favorite segment would be, it would actually okay. be this UFO segment we're about to talk about. Oh, it's this is I mean, this whole episode I felt like was and we'll talk about it, obviously, because that's the purpose of this podcast. But I really feel like this and this this episode was such a strong start to season four. Oh, totally. This the, the, the I think the show has really hit its stride. They, mm-hmm. I mean, the sheer fact that this UFO seg- segment con- constitutes about 50% of the episode, I think mm-hmm. what we're seeing here is the producers of the show have finally figured out that people are tuning in to watch because they want to see UFOs and ghosts and strange creatures and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are adjusting their their presentation accordingly. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've figured out that the real meat on this is like all that paranormal stuff. And I just, yeah, I feel like this is uh, this. I agree. This is a strong start. We have a new opening montage at the beginning, which uh, I mm, see t- does talk about it. Yeah. And does it features a, uh, a, f- a second or two of the cocaine tunnel that we just covered in the last mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really intense. Uh, a lot more quick, quick cutting on all sorts of action that's happening. Because I distinctly remember this episode so much. Um, mm-hmm. This was, I still, my family still lived in Carson City at the time. So this would have been around when I was in the second or third grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like I, I have, especially seen uh, what they were showing uh, at the end of this episode, previewing for what's coming up next. I think we've mm-hmm. hit, hit the point where 
I, as a kid, was steadily watching this program and mm-hmm. was old enough to sort of like really remember stuff because I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of remember a couple of the say I've, I've remembered a couple of the segments we've talked about leading up to this point. Right. Like some of them have, stu- have stuck out, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I have a feel I, I feel like this is where <clears throat> things are going to become a lot more vivid for me. Um, uh, it's, I, I, I also, I agree with that. And I was thinking just now, as you were talking about like your memory of this UFO segment, which we will eventually get into details about, <laughs> I, guess so. I, I think I probably would, would have been really frightened of it. This segment as a child. Yeah. Uh, UFO stuff, like really, and aliens, like really scared me. Like when I was really little, do you remember, I might've mentioned this on the pod before, but do you remember those sock puppet aliens from Sesame street? Uh. And they would like, they, they would like pop up in a kid's window and they made the sound like yip, 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 yip. Oh, you remember that? Uh, actually I do know of this. We have not discussed it. But I okay. I do know I do know of these aliens courtesy of the Purple Stuff podcast. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah, they as a child they would terrify me. You're and... you're afraid that the Sesame Sock Puppet aliens were going to sort of commune in you. Yeah, <laughs> and I also remember that like this early '90s era is right about. I think I don't remember exactly the year that Fire in the Sky came out. Yeah. But I remember seeing like it came out and I remember seeing it on like basic cable, catching it. As at age. I was probably be seven or something, so this is like ninety three, ninety four. Maybe. Maybe I've got my dates wrong, but I re- really remember being frightened of just the concept of oh, well, aliens and UFOs. The 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 trailer, the TV spots for that film were intense. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely. Like I mean, that that I mean, Fire in the Sky ranks up there as probably, you know, if not the, it is in the top echelon of most frightening, you know, depictions of aliens as our society has come to collectively sort of think of them. Yes. Yeah. With, with that introduction, do you want to do you want to talk about this? Yes. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> I don't remember. Like every town in England, I get the name confused. So it's like Brighton, Birmingham, on Time Ham. <laughs> really, know where in England this was? Yeah. I I did look it up on a map. Uh, I believe it's nor- uh, putting it northeast of London, somewhere in you, England. You better be but... careful that, like, our listeners in uh, Bering Brightham on Pineham aren't, aren't going to, like, you know, be, yeah. take a constant. We do have a lot of listeners in, in the UK, if you look at our <laughs> stats. So um, I'm sorry uh, if you're offended. I challenge you to name more than five states. Okay. So... <laughs> Touche. Yes. Uh, this this segment, it takes us back to it takes place over the course of a cu- the first couple of days after Christmas of 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, basically, 
uh, what we have is there's a situation. The U.S. Air Force is using two air bases in southeast England. And there's like there's a force in between them, the Rendlesham Forest. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sounds right. I dare I dare you people in, in the UK to show me where Ohio is. I I dare you. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> but did you see did you see there was some random German guy on Twitter that like tried to f- fill in a U- uh, unnamed US map with all the names of the states? That, well that was circulating just on, for fun. That was circulating on Facebook too, so I did see that. Yeah. Like he That is that was really funny. <laughs> About fifteen of the states he he guessed Ohio. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean he got he got California right, which I feel like is easy. Yeah, and then he also like nailed down Arkansas. Okay, he was he was, and then everything else I think was wrong. He was fairly confident <laughs> on Texas. Mm-hmm. He he, right. he mislabeled Utah as Nevada. But I mean, I guess he, mm-hmm. he at least he gets the idea that like Nevada's out in the the far west of the country, um, right? He got Ohio right only because he basically labeled the entire Midwest as Ohio, mm-hmm. right? And but and he, I think he also labeled Idaho as Ohio. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and and he got West Virginia spot on. I don't know what's yeah. going on there, but. Hmm. I he's and I remember he circled the entirety of New England and just labeled it what's going on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and to to be sure, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that that's fair. So um, so to the to my point being that England is a much smaller country. Please forgive us if we don't know the names of all your little shires <laughs> and forests. <laughs> we got a lot going on over here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so at in this post Christmas time on the base, uh, there there was a couple of uh, I guess security. God, what what's the proper term for that? Um, anyway, uh, base security, uh, a guy named John Burroughs. Mm-hmm. He was a, I believe he was the sergeant on site. They spotted a mysterious light show emanating from the woods in between the two bases. And I, it, it you know, obviously he's like, Hey, why is there a rock concert without any music going on over there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They have a reenactment where, <clears throat> you know, he goes up to uh, the, the, the guard uh, gate calls calls his superiors to let them know that something's going on another patrol pulls up <clears throat> sees what's going on they get sent to go investigate it without their weapons because they're they're off base and now in uh uk you know authority stuff and they i guess they you know they don't want <clears throat> end up shooting someone or something and creating an international incident so the three of them go wandering into the woods uh and they encounter a ufo like a classic flying Mm -hmm. saucer that you would expect lots of people to to describe it's Mm -hmm. basically saucer shape it has lights 
like reds and blues uh, spinning around and it just flies up in the air and they, they fall down to the ground to, you know, to take cover as it does this. And right. And uh, I, I want to say at this point in season four, I mean, if you recall when we had last season, the, the, the grannies who saw the Texas UFO. Yes. Um, the graphics quality has improved greatly. <laughs> it's, you know, it is an improvement. In fact, I've, I've seen in this episode what strikes me as a, a marked increase in sophistication. Like, not, yes. ju- not just in, I mean, obviously the special effects. We, we've gone from a point where our UFO segments really didn't have any UFO depictions having some pretty mm-hmm. lame ones to having a pretty decent, especially for considering mm-hmm. the time of the airing of this episode. Um, yeah. But, and then also just other stuff. Like if you notice in this segment, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with the camera angles and the reenactments. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there were, there were, I feel, I feel like the acting itself, at least in the UFO segment was very good. Yes. There's a lot of, a lot of flavor that the reenactors were putting on their, their lines. I agree totally. This 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 is an A plus segment. Yeah. Just well, maybe we should just keep talking. About yeah, yeah. <laughs> describing it. <laughs> but anyway, so subsequently, the colonel of the base he learns about you know there's stuff going on involving the, the these UFOs. Or wait, wait, did that happen? Before the, because at at one point the air service, the American airmen, they go out with mm-hmm. actual British uh, police officers because they're they're you know they're, mm-hmm. they're proper authorities. They go out to the to the location of the where they found the UFO, and mm-hmm. you know branches are all broken down from the trees uh, around uh, where this UFO took off. And they find mm-hmm. three indentations in the ground. And, you know, they're the sort of, like, mm-hmm. smooth, even, circular, uh, that you would expect something mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, man-made, as it were, uh, and pressed into the ground to create. Now, the, mm-hmm. the British police uh, officer in charge is quite skeptical on this. He, he attributes mm-hmm. it to, like, holes being dug out by, like, some, some sort of burrowing animal, right? Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever seen an animal that digs a perfectly circle indentation to the ground that's level and smooth? It's um no, and one of the things in the reenactment that they show them doing is like measuring out like the holes formed a perfect triangle, a perfect triangle, a right triangle. Yeah, it's called a right triangle, right? Right, right, wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, I, it could have been a right triangle. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it's it wasn't that. It was just I saw like a good. Thank you. Like a good triangle. <laughs> I've just expended all of my knowledge that I picked up in geometry in high school. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't even get that. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So obviously we got a we got a situation where this um this this British police person is just 
just has their head buried in the sand because this is not animals digging mm-hmm. this out. And so the base, the 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 colonel on the base finds out about what's going on, and he, I mean, they have an interesting reenactment where he's like in the office area, and a corporal is sort of laughing about the whole situation. And the colonel's like, well, did you uh, put down uh, the thing in the blotter? And the corporal's like, no. And he's like, well, you better do that. Because, I mean, you just, out of, like, obviously at this point, sort of, you know, a concern that, like, well, if there's a situation where something crashed or something went on there, mm-hmm. we he wants it, he wants proper documentation. I mean, he's not he's not worried about UFOs at this point. In fact, he proceeds to... He wants to investigate this matter, if anything, maybe to just put this UFO talk to rest. And this is where we get, like, a night. What a night to be involved <laughs> with, with this stuff. <laughs> this is Night of the UFOs. Yeah, I also want to mention at this point, the word light all has been said about 70 times. <laughs> Like, if we were to have a drinking game based around every time someone <laughs> says light all in this segment, you'd be drunk by the end of it. Oh, so. totally. Uh, yeah, and the f- light alls factor prominently. They're those big, tall floodlights that are usually attached to a generator. Yeah. You know, they're at the county fair or outdoor events and stuff like that. You've seen them. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. And I distinctly remember this aspect from the reenactment when I saw it uh, as a kid. This is actually, it's pretty funny, actually. I think between the, when I saw this segment as a kid and now, in between those two moments in my life, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else use the word light all, light all, ever in any uh-uh. context. Just, no. just in these two segments. <laughs> but they use it enough that in the aggregate, it averages out to like normal hearing it, probably. Um, yes, they, they get these big floodlights cause they're going to try to like seize, you know, illuminate the areas they're going to be searching and whatnot, but already we're getting this, that situation where the lights aren't working properly. Some, some of the electronics are acting a little, little strange. Uh, what we would expect to happen as the, as the, sort of side effects of UFO encounters, but the Colonel's un, un, undeterred. He takes his men out into the woods to begin their, their search. And they have quite the encounter. I think for, at first they're going to search for the location of where the, 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 the alleged UFO had happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of scout that area. And it's not too long into this, that they have their first encounter. And this is weird. Crystal, if you had to describe what they saw, how would you describe it? Because to me, it looks like basically a giant red eye with like a little lighter color red for the for the iris. Uh, yeah, they describe this as, uh, uh, here, I'm pulling it up in the episode right now. Okay. They describe this as, uh. Yeah, it's like it's like if you turned the eye of Sauron ninety degrees. Okay. Yeah. And then 
made it more red than orange. I guess it's not as flamey. I don't know. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I think that's a that's a generally a, a good description. Uh, enough that like anyone who hasn't seen this segment will kind of get the idea that this isn't this isn't just like a saucer that's fl- floating around in the woods. This is some weird weird looking yeah. thing that like is tra- traveling through the woods. It eventually comes uh, upon all the, the men that the colonels brought with them. And they mm-hmm. just, they kind of are just reduced to staring in like stunned silence as it sort of looks at all of them and then uh, leaves. Uh, yeah. And we're, uh, one thing, I'm, can I add something here though, that they mentioned the first time too, uh, when the first guy goes in the woods and sees the initial UFO. Okay. Um, he describes that the animals were acting strangely in the woods. Like, yes, like really freaking out. And then, um, you know, both, both of these guys describe when they see encounter these things as a uh, time kind of slowing down and just having an uneasy feeling like it kind of, it seems like these things kind of change the immediate environment that they're in Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, they've brought, like, a Geiger counter with them. I guess there's there's at least some yeah. background radiation that's being let off. And the colonel also yeah. brought a tape recorder to record um, everything that he's observing. So we, we're getting a lot of docu- documentation. Uh, it's – and, yeah, they're, they're, they're having just – even just, like, watching the segment, they do a pretty good uh, good job of – of kind of conveying that weird feeling that they're, they're all having. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I felt that way right. to me. Like, like it just like felt like something was off. And so, yeah, so they, they continue deeper into the woods and they come across an, an old English farm ha- house. Um, that's, that's in these woods. They inside there's light and they, they're wondering whether the house itself is, uh, on fire, but from what we're yeah, it's it's it, it's yeah, it's really strange because it's I'm confused. Is it did the thing go in the house or is it just behind the house and lighting it up? Oh uh, yeah, okay, that's 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 a plausible because ex- yeah, in, in the reenactment, the, what they're showing is clearly you're getting the idea that the light coming from inside the house is that weird eye eye mm-hmm. thing. But it like it seems to be in the house when they're looking at it. But then they see the eye thing approaching the house, which mm-hmm. you know, like like you, I guess the the explanation that plot that like maybe it was behind and they were seeing the light through the windows, uh, that might be it. Or I don't know. When I watched it, I had the feeling that there was like now two of them: one in the house, one mm-hmm. one approaching, and the one approaching the house. Like as it's approaching it, for absolutely no reason, it 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 I don't want to say blows up. It it trans maga more transmorphs into like five white bits that look like I don't know. I guess the 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 pellets that Pac Man eat, <laughs> and they they <laughs> <laughs> yes they 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 all arc and fly in different directions before disappearing. And the Colonel and his men are left trying to figure out what the hell they've just seen. Uh, 
And uh, we don't get any depiction of anything else happening inside the house, so take of that what you will, mm-hmm. whether the whether there's a second red eye and it also uh, chose that way to transport away or whatever. And then, so let's hear, what was the next thing they came across? It was it the, the three sort of, um, not... Not semicircles, but uh, how would you describe those shapes? They almost look like half moons or quarter moons. Quarter moons, like yeah. crescent moons, yeah, so, 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 like like that. Or boomerangs, and the and the way that they move around, they kind of become orbs, and then they become crescents again, and then yeah, depending on what what angle you're seeing yeah. them from, yeah. So the colonel and his men, they see these three things flying around, you know, doing UFO shit. Uh, And this is where it also gets interesting, because the other group of airmen also observe the same phenomenon. You ever had the suspicion that you've been abducted by aliens? On the uh, another in another section of the woods, we got Staff Sergeant Burroughs along with another group of men who also see these lights flying through the sky and they actually have a really close encounter when one of them comes down and buzzes them. It flies right Mm -hmm. past over the light all and the light all actually (laughs) illuminates for a few seconds because presumably because of this close contact with this alien craft. So Mm -hmm. these, these things are just flying everywhere. It it is crazy. Uh, Cut back to the colonel and his detail and one of these craft they see it flying around he describes it as like like it was playing games with them letting them get closer and then pulling away i'm not i i don't know that kind of to me reads like he's to me that's like he's reading too much into like its motivations because these things Mm -hmm. mostly seem to be searching for something and So they see one, and it's going along, and it's shooting these beams of light uh, to the ground at different intervals. And I think the was it the uh, the guy who was tasked with the with carrying the Geiger counter. He's he mm-hmm. described it as like it looked like they had a search pattern, and they were uh, going grid by grid by grid, uh, uh, you know, looking for something. Apparently, people at the base witnessed this sort of thing happening, too. So we got members of the U.S. Air Force in multiple locations seeing something going on. Mm-hmm. And this this one craft, it actually begin, it begins to approach the colonel and his men in a manner very similar to, like, the plane heading for the tower in the movie Airplane. I, mm-hmm. I was I was half waiting for Lloyd Bridges to be like, it's coming right for us and run and jump out the window. Um, <laughs> but it, it stops right before them and shoots down that beam of light to the ground right before them before flying off. So we get, we have this whole night of of all these weird encounters. The mm-hmm. colonel. He reports it to the authorities. I guess they, you know, unsurprisingly, they get real hush-hush about it. Uh, 
Some uh, some random person apparently filled out a Freedom of Information Act and got the the report the colonel filled out. And this is where we get to a very interesting part of the segment, which is Unsolved Mysteries brings in uh, what was his name? Uh, he's an astronomer, James McGahey. Gahey. I I don't know. I was just I was just skimming through to see if I could find his name. Yeah, a, but uh, I couldn't find it. And they describe him as an astronomer and UFO skeptic, which I think just points to how much more sophisticated this show has become. We've gone from the first season where they would bring in quacks pitching their books. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Being like, this is absolutely the work of the UFOs. And we have now gotten (laughs) to the point where they are bringing in someone who's like, Look, there's got there's obviously rational explanations for what what was observed. I'm not saying these mm-hmm. guys are lying. I think they really do, you know, they honestly believe in what they're describing, but they misinterpreted what they observed and he he gives various reasons for the, a number of these things. Though the this and this is something that always stuck out to me even as a kid like cuz that in that mm-hmm. initial encounter he describes like a, basically a, a meteorite hitting the ground right mm-hmm. and the the when they're talking with the the staff sergeant and they've obviously just conveyed in this interview what the astronomer said to him the guy's like look i i've seen meteorites before they fall from the sky to the ground this thing went from the ground and flew up into the sky. That's not what meteorites do. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, that's a good point. But, um, but I think this, but this was a shockingly even handed and reserved, uh, action on unsolved mysteries part to, to bring in someone to actually throw some cold water on this situation. Yeah. That was interesting. And I'm, I think, I mean, do you have, I mean, what do you think happened here? Cause I have mm, some theories to float. Okay. That, that, but I, well, you know, the thing is, is <laughs> this is probably the segment that when I saw it, probably most left me convinced that UFOs were real as a kid. more than anything else so asking me about my opinion on this is a bit tricky because like as a kid you know i'm watching this and like god you know we got multiple members of the united states military describing Mm -hmm. these things and they're not just describing bullshit like oh there were some lights out in the distance of the sky they're talking about like coming across stuff close encounter style and mm-hmm. I mean, even I mean, one of them's a colonel. He was the base commander, and he's saying, you know, mm-hmm. that he saw this shit. Uh, so, I honestly, <laughs> I I'm having difficulty coming up with an explanation other than, holy shit, UFOs are real. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I I have uh, on this podcast copped to I I definitely UFOs in that they are an unidentified flying objects are definitely real. I mean, right. stuff has come out recently that the Air Force has recorded um, yeah. that has flying objects that they are. It's both on video and I think 
they didn't capture it on radar, but they all, you know, you can hear audio about the pilots talking about what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, do UFOs exist? I think unequivocally they do. Are they aliens? I re- remains to be seen, but I was the way that this, they were describing the lights and the yeah. environment that they were in in England, it reminded me of something that you've probably seen in like fantasy RPGs before, and it's something called a Willow Willow the Wisp or Willow Wisp. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I know. I think I know um, of what you speak. <laughs> okay, so w- w- this is a phenomenon that's been recorded all over the world, and and typically where it occurs is sometimes in like peat bogs and marshes and swamps um it's actually the term and the name for it and the folklore run actually originates in england because it was a common enough occurrence that folks were seeing moving or dancing lights over swampy areas yeah um this i mean i i realized that the where they're this is a forest that they're talking about but you know that's a a moist peaty area (laughs) <laughs> you know there in could England. be a lot of moisture in there they didn't really get too far into the details on that so yeah i want to know what the soil quality was <laughs> in this forest but i just you know i just thought there there are record and because specifically this is a phenomenon that's been recorded as happening in england and it's where the origin of the term comes and because these sightings revolved around a forest I'm wondering if maybe this is a phenomenon that they were experiencing and the way that they describe it is sort of being this light that you can't really get close to or it's dancing or it's moving around. Yeah. Um, the It's it's a sort of bioluminescence, so certain chemical reactions happen in a swamp from time to time and it creates a bioluminescence of gases being released from the swamp. So it's like a, it's like a visual illusion like... Um, like a mirage in the desert or uh, what would be another one where it's just, it's, it's, or like a rainbow. You can't get to the, the end rainbow, of the rainbow yeah. because it's has to do with how light is reflecting, reflecting through the moisture in the air. So I, I just was thinking hmm, maybe even the former leader of your United States of America, James Earl Carter Jr. Thought he saw a UFO once. But it's been proven he only saw the planet Venus. So that's the story you're going to go with after you flash your men in black light thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you saw it was called a will of the wisp. It's popular in English folklore and nothing more than that. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced. I just I was thinking that could be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're putting that out as a possibility. And also, did you introduce that first by mentioning fantasy role playing game? I did. Okay, that's cool. Um, because don't I, you don't don't you fight those in like um? Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure Oblivion if you, if you, or something. I'm sure if you break open any fantasy yeah. role playing monster manual, it includes some something along those lines. Uh, I, I'm just uh, unfortunately the uh, I was just it's, when you said that I I just couldn't help but think how unfortunate it was those airmen didn't bring their multi sided dice with them. <laughs> <laughs> out there helpless uh, because of the you know they're forced to leave their weapons at home um yeah okay well that... I, I mean <laughs> unless you have another explanation i mean other than 
I was trying to come up with an explanation, and the only thing I could like think of was like maybe there was just like a lot of UFO enthusiasts stationed at that air base, including the colonel, and they decided to pull off one heck of a uh, 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 a job. But you know, obviously, I don't think that's the case. I can't think. I. <laughs> I guess this is why I was left thinking UFOs were real for such a long time when I was a kid, because I can't think of anything other than like this. This happened. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I really, I mean, I other than it being some some uh, Dungeons and Dragons explanation. Yeah, I don't. But, but what what I mean, even more so than like, what was this in reality? Uh-huh. To me, the bigger question is, imagine if th- this was all like alien related stuff. What the mm-hmm. heck is going on here? Because we got like the conventional shaped UFO that mm-hmm. that is on the ground and it takes off. Then later, you know, the next night or the night after, whenever it was, you know, the, the airmen, they see that that red eye floating through mm-hmm possibly join possibly another one in the house and then it disappears mm-hmm. by popping into like those white like mm-hmm. like white dots and then you got those uh those those curved moon like ones flying around shooting beams of light looking for something like what is the mm-hmm. story there like here here here's what i've cobbled together mm-hmm. maybe those red eyes are actual life forms and what happened was they were actually part of the crew of the original UFO at the beginning of the segment. When that takes off, because it sees those humans approaching, it stranded one or more of uh, its fellow crew behind. So, mm-hmm. and here's the thing, like, so you're... Those those crescent moon ones that are lo- looking around, they're looking for those red eyes, uh, a- mm-hmm. aliens, but they're not looking for them to rescue them. They're actually a different species that's trying to like capture them. Mm-hmm. That's just what I. <laughs> that's just what I I had canon the whole situation as. <laughs> I that's that's very complex. I think you're really getting into some kind of. Uh... That, what was that episode of the X Files? Um, uh, Ho- Jose. Shit. Oh yes, the uh, the uh, tale. What was it? Tales of or by the the one where the writer is is talking to yeah, all the different people. Oh, that's the, one of the best episodes of the X Files. Well, it's the best episode of the X Files, but the 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 layers of it um, <laughs> are present in the way. Jose, is it Jose? Oh, it's like Jose Chavez Chavez is from outer space or something. It's called something like yes, that. Yes, something that's like the title of the episode. Yeah, yeah, that that's almost spot on, if not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right because they have that like one scene where like the the gray aliens are kidnapping the couple, and then the 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 big right. red alien shows up and is swatting at them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. So. Uh, all right, so we probably uh, basic- we gotta we gotta do the next segment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so yeah, long story short, on this segment, aliens are real. So Crystal, tell us about the the next segment. 
Hey, speaking of Texas, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go on down to Tom Green County. Uh, I think it's called San Angelo, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I w- I'm gonna make the details of this pretty short because I want to focus on what's actually going on in the reenactment. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, what happens is a a couple of teenagers uh, remains uh, are found near a lake. Um, they were they were obviously murdered. Um, it's basically only their skeletons are left. It's pretty gruesome. Uh, we get an interview from, it's a, it's a young couple. We get an interview from the, uh, mother Mm -hmm. and we get an interview from the boy's father, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway, and the sheriff too. And, and, and the girl's friend. And the girl's friend. Right. Um, I, and I'm going to tell you what their names, I, I don't like talking about these things and being vague about what the deceased names are. So I'm going to tell you what they are. Um, the basic setup for this is in my humble opinion, unsolved mysteries again is throwing, well, it's actually the cops are throwing a lot of, uh, conjecture as to what they think may have been the motive and what happened. Um, so Shane Stewart, 16 and his girlfriend, Sally McNelly, uh, and they actually disappeared on the 4th of July. They were out at the lake in 1988 watching the fireworks. They were never seen again uh, until they were found. So there's, I mean, get ready to fill out our satanic panic map of the United States. <laughs> it's back after so long. I know, it's been a while. Uh, so the story goes that... Sally and uh, and her boyfriend um, got caught up with some kind of satanic cult, and there is they take a lot of umbrage with uh, not umbrage leeway, I think, with chasing down that tale. Yeah, yeah. here, um, you know, Sally's mom. There's just like a lot going on here, but Sally's mom was very young when she had Sally, so she describes Sally as being. Uh, more of a sister to her, which I'm already like, okay, this is fucked up. Like, this is not gonna go great. And then Sally, like, didn't call her mom any mom. She called her Pat. And then, like, Sally's sneaking out of the windows and all this stuff. You know, I mean, it's real, it's real basic, like, troubled teenager shit. I don't think she probably had a great experience growing up. No, we, we definitely get that distinct feeling. Um, her, her boyfriend also has, her boyfriend's dad mentions that, you know, he started getting in a lot of fights. I mean, uh, the young man did not the dad yeah. and he started getting in a lot of fights and, you know, I mean, I knew I, I would chalk this up to all like just normal, like hormonal, you know, teenagers testing boundaries, blah, 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 yeah, exactly. getting in trouble kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but no, it's in fact, because they've been run afoul of a satanic cult. <laughs> Uh, with candles and everything. <laughs> right. Um, I want to add, as, uh, I was a little dubious here, but w- apparently there was a firsthand witness to one of these rituals where they were uh, a ritual, including what in- just, they lit some candles and played with a Ouija board, which again, really, uh, I don't know that that's say sat- to some people, I guess that would be satanic, but I don't yeah, do, think do, that's, do you want me to, uh, give my, do you want me to wait till uh, when we're at the end of talking about this segment to give my analysis on that? 
Um, sure. Yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to, yeah, wait till the end. Cause I wanted to mention one other thing, which is at some point Sally's mom, Pat calls, uh, uh, f- Sally's friend's parents just to be like, I don't know what's going on with my child. I mean, I could like tell her what's going on with her child, but, um, she's like, I don't know what's going on. And then, so the, the other mom says, well, they were over here and they were laughing and saying they had a demon in a bottle. Um, which again, what? It's because I'm reading this as like they were just fucking with the mom, like they were teasing her. Like I didn't, but I think a lot of things are being taken really literally. Yeah, <laughs> the parents in this situation, right? And um, and the friend who is was apparently at the satanic ritual. The reenactment just portrays them as playing with like a. Uh, a Ouija board and lighting some candles. So I don't know that there wasn't even any drugs mentioned. Nothing was sacrificed. Like the one, the one guy leading it had a robe or something he was wearing, but that could have just been recycled from Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, and that's the name of the segment, or at least what unsolved mysteries name was Dungeons and Dragons. Even that seems to have very little to do with the role-playing game. Um, also, there was a mention that the cops throw in, that the teens were engaged in, like, group sex. Uh, no evidence of that whatsoever. And that they were suddenly reported being afraid for their lives towards mm-hmm. the end of this. Now, I don't know if one, if this, uh, obviously the cops are tying all this stuff together, but I think these might have been separate issues um so yeah. anyway yeah and 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 unfortunately there's no there's no update i have an update to give because okay. i did the r word i did some research on this case but robbie yeah if you want to throw in your conjecture about what you think may have happened here or what was really happening because i mean i think we are going to both agree there was no satanic yeah well ba- yeah here. basically i was gonna weigh in against uh, any sort of actual satanic cult activity going on. Uh, it seems to me more just that like uh, Sally and Shane got mixed up into associating with a circle of people who were a bit unsavory. Right. And it just like coincidentally at one point at like some party they were having, they're like, Hey, let's break out a Ouija bit board you know, as mm-hmm. people at parties have, have sometimes done. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny in the reenactment, Sally's the person portraying Sally's friend. She like has this, like this, this frightened look on her face. Like, Oh no, they're meddling with the dark arts and da 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 da. da. But mm-hmm. I think that's like it, what, it, what that's conveying is more what her feelings were about seeing her friend Sally get involved with a bunch of like, she felt uncomfortable right. at the party because there were some unsavory people there. I think that's exactly right. And I think if you come from a certain background as I did, you know, if you, if you see folks busting out candles in a Ouija board and you come from a very like conservative Christian background where that would look to you to be some sort of demonic or satanic ritual at least that's how i was raised i mean now it's later with some distance from it i don't think that's a terribly unusual thing for kids to be messing around with nor do i think it holds any power inherently but given the time unsolved mysteries aired and given that this is texas and given that you know obviously this is uh satanic 
panic to the max. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So, so Robbie, do you want to hear the update that I found? Not the one that Unsolved Mysteries provided because they don't provide one. But I, I, I was going to say, there's an update. Please, please. Let yes, me there that. is an update. So I found an article from 2017 that apparently during uh, a traffic stop, which led to a drug arrest, a older man um, in the area of San Angelo, Texas. Uh, he, for, for all, you know, the traffic stop led to the drug arrest, which led to a warrant to search his house. This again, remember this is 2017. Yeah. They found the cops found what they believed to be fingernail clippings and a lock of hair and blood from Shane and or Sally. Oh, wow. And. I guess sometime after the Unsolved Mysteries segment aired, obviously Satanic Panic died down. The cops abandoned the whole, this is a say, they just realized it was silly and that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't find anything about this guy being charged, but he's definitely listed as a person of interest. I think it's probably pending DNA, DNA tests. Of- I, don't, I don't know, Crystal. Fingernail... Uh, pieces, blood, a lock of hair. Those sound like the material components to spell making, if, <laughs> if you ask me. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not putting that out of the realm of possibility, but I think probably what happened was this older man was aware of this group of troubled teens in San Angelo, and they became easy pickings for whatever his dark machinations were. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, I think he may have saved. I mean, if listen, I 30 years after the fact, obviously the cops aren't in this guy's house looking for evidence for a cold case, right? Right. right. So the fingernail clipping, blood, and hair had to be conspicuous enough when they found it that it garnered interest for them. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Was it in some kind of box? Uh, they also found some recordings, some tapes from the era. Um, which are labeled SS for Sally and Shane. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot more going on here. Maybe they knew this man. Maybe they didn't. Maybe this guy's a freaking serial killer collecting trophies. I don't know. But yeah. um, I, I, there's obviously a lot more happening here and more to be seen right. <laughs> with this case. <laughs> uh, I don't know that Unsolved Mysteries will be the one to address it. So I'm going to be the one breaking that news. <laughs> Yeah. To the yeah. Unsolved Mysteries world. Uh, it, yeah, it's so that's the end of it, basically. I mean, there's there's not much more to it than. Yeah, I mean, it's it was uh, what we had here was really just a conventional homicide situation, not anything yeah. involving a nefarious cult or anything. No, but if you <laughs> if you go ahead and Google san angelo texas cult you will find some pretty significant results um it turns out that the compound that warren jeffs of the fun uh the uh, fundamental latter-day saints so the offshoot of uh, of mormons the unrecognized uh pedo offshoot of mormons yes had a huge ranch just outside of san angelo so was there cultish activity in san angelo hell yes there was but not satanic not, not yes yes and 
Not not involved so, with yeah. Sally and Shane's. Uh, uh, no, death. no, but that's completely unrelated. In several years later, but yeah, there was was there cult activity in San Angelo? Yes, just not the kind that we thought. So. Yeah. Well, Anyways, we got should a, we? We got a family reunion to talk about. We got a family reunion. This one is actually pretty cool. Uh, so, oh gosh, what's what are their names? Robbie, I didn't take notes on this one. I'm going to be honest. I watched it three <laughs> times, and I thought I could memorize the shit. Uh, Honestly, okay, this, so... this is the one I, I, I spaced out on the most. I was just... You know, my eyes are glazing over. The 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 actual biological mom was named Mary, right? Yes, Mary Maxwell. Um, very quickly, there is, it's the story of a a woman probably in her thirties. Um, what's her name's Carla, and um, when she was a teenager, her her mother passed away, and she went to live with her grandmother. And at that time, this is during they reenacted all of this. At the time, a strange woman that was introduced as a high school friend of her mother's came to visit, and this seems to be a clue for what's to be revealed later in the segment. Uh, Carla didn't think anything of it at the time; she just went off shopping with her friends. Um, so many years later, uh, her father also passes away and Carla inherits a bunch of documents after her father passes uh, that indicate that she is not first. There, there was another marriage before Carla's mother and father were married. And there were some documents to indicate that um, Carla was not the daughter of the man who raised her. Uh, mm-hmm. She digs a little bit further. She gets her brother on the phone. And this I thought was actually, cause Carl was actually in the reenactment. She's acting yes. this one out and she's on the phone with her brother. And then, and she's like, you know, walking around with the corded phone and like looking in the fridge. And then her brother's like, well, actually uh, on my birth certificate, it says that mom didn't have any children before me. It says number of pregnancies or number of children had before zero zero so uh but yeah i just thought like just the just the little nuance of like actually having carla like just looking through the fridge and being very casual like she does a really great job (laughs) i guess she was there she knows how it went but (laughs) yeah it felt real to me i guess she would know but she did a good job she did a good job portraying herself yes yeah of reenacting that moment when she was looking for some juice and her brother said he's not her brother actually you know actually the thing uh, is is if you're if you're not for i can imagine a lot of people you know just even trying to recreate that sort of simple moment could easily mm -hmm. end up like making it look really unnatural and stuff because they're mm-hmm. like they're in front of a camera and they're like they right. o- oversell it and they look directly into the camera <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh but sorry so carlos yeah carlos like basically okay so my dad's not my dad um my mom's not my mom and my brother's not my brother what the hell's going on here so she makes another call i think to like an uncle Mm-hmm. a still living uncle her like her dad's brother and yeah. and uh the dad's brother the only information that he seems to have is like oh yeah when they got married you were already there you like you already existed yes so but 
I don't have any more information than that. So Carla does a bit more digging. So here's what happened. It turns out that in her mother's first marriage, uh, her mother had had a series of miscarriages and she really wanted to have a child with her first husband. And at some point she runs into this young, single, pregnant immigrant woman <laughs> named Mary. Mm-hmm. And the two concoct a scheme because I guess Mary can't keep her kid or something. Well, you see, she's a pregnant woman who's not married. So as, as, right. as, as does has that mean like automatic as, as, child removal? As, as has been demonstrated repeatedly in this show, that that's pretty much just a res, uh, automatic yeah, re- recipe for the authorities to just come in and take the kid. Right. I guess so. Uh, so the Mary and Carla's mother, or the, at least the woman who raised her as her mother, uh, concoct this plan that when Mary was going to go into labor, uh, Carla's mom was going to sneak in and they were going to switch uh, ID cards so yes. that Mary would be identified. And then that way, the name that's on Mary's or Carla's birth certificate would be that of her, the woman who ends up taking responsibility for and raising her. Exactly. So there is an update. Obviously, uh, Unsolved Mysteries or whoever, they were able to locate Mary. Um, there's a reunion. Mary seems really happy. I've, and I was just thinking like, oh, and Mary went on to have subsequent children. So Carla has some half sisters. Yeah. Um, so this has a really nice ending. But I can, uh, I mean, it, I almost got like kind of choked up because you imagine your mother and your father are dead. Yes. But then it turns out actually your mother's still alive and actually you have other siblings and <laughs> instead of your family getting smaller it gets bigger. Yeah, that's and, actually I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a interesting perspective on on it. Like that would be weird. It would be weird, but it would also be like I think really nice. Oh yeah, you yeah. No, I mean, it, it's <laughs> It's some sort of consolation prize. Um, I mean, you can't can't replace the the, the people who've passed on, but uh, having mm-hmm. having additional new people in your life is not not bad. I guess that's the name of that tune. I don't know. <laughs> anything else to say about that. <laughs> oh. Robbie, we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, this this was a strong episode. It, uh, the, the the show came out of the gates full yeah. speed on yeah. on season four. So, I'm th- honestly, I feel like I have to lay down after this because oh okay, this is a lot. This was a lot. All right, it was a lot of episode. For okay. Me. <laughs> well, in that case, if you're not busy laying down at home, you can check us out on <laughs> Twitter at Reenacted Pod. Uh, there's a Facebook page for reenacted pod fans, something or ever. Uh, you can send us an email at reenacted at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to go on to iTunes and give us lots of five star ratings. Mm-hmm. Even if you like hate the podcast, you can say that in the text. Yeah, just like make sure you put five stars. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll accept <laughs> any sort of crushing criticism as long as it's accepted with a five star rating. That's right. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to buzz the algorithm here. Also, uh, yeah, we have the Patreon, so that's reenacted or 
patreon.com slash reenacted pod it's uh if you want to become one of our patrons we'd appreciate you very much it keeps the lights on around here also we put up a uh, unique content that we don't put on our regular feed from time to time and it, the next thing that we're doing has to do with uh underground los angeles and all the creatures that live in yes. the sewers in los angeles yes uh hey do you want to want to do the thing for every mystery, there's someone, somewhere, who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is watching. Perhaps it's you. Your scientific illiteracy makes me shudder. And I wouldn't flaunt your ignorance by telling anyone that you saw anything last night other than the planet Venus.